Hi everybody, this is Lauren Mull. Uh, gosh darn it, Judd's car down... Hold on, sorry, I'm gonna have to edit that out. I, I screwed up, hold on. Hi everybody, this is Lauren Mull. And gosh darn it, Judd's car broke down once again, this time on the way here to Broadcast Park, so looks oh, like I'm gonna it. have to I be hosting right. today. No, 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 I'm here, I'm here. Oh, Judd, are you okay this time? I'm okay, I'm okay. We've got a great show lined up. I can't wait to, uh, whew, glad I got here. One of my favorite dudes in the community, not only on a personal level, but what it is he does is right up my alley as well. And uh, I see he has, uh, he beat me here. It's Arthur Hartunian, proprietor of Napa Valley Distillery. Arthur, how are you? Great, Judd. Thanks for making it to your own show. Oh, my pleasure. It was a little touch and go there for a moment, but really happy. It looks like you brought a little something for us to taste, something new. And Yes, I brought a little something-something, and um, we're going to have fun tasting it. I can't, I can't wait. Maybe we'll even pair it with a little something-something I've got here. Oh, perfect. All right, cool. We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery on the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is available at juddshill.com or by calling 707-255-2332. That's right, Lauren. Thanks so much for getting that out there. And uh, what do you think for our, uh, for our fans? Maybe we should give them a little deal if they want to pick up some wine. Just for being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all lowercase letters please, no capitals, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. Thanks, Lauren. And you know what? I think folks could even get a better deal if they want. You can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. (laughs) That's true. That's exactly how to do it. Uh, As a member of the Judd's Hill Wine Club, in my humble opinion, the best wine club out there, you get a great deal on the wines. They either get sent right to you, or you come to the winery for one of our fabulous pickup parties. Plus, you get invitations to other events throughout the year. Tons of fun, great wine. Information is at judshill.com. It's free to join. Uh, You can call up, or you can swing by. All the above. We'd love to see you. And now, enjoy the show. Cheers. Cheers. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Good morning, Lauren. You know what? Our guest today, he's been here before. He is a fan favorite and a friend of the show. I don't know that he has heard the new theme song. So let's start it off with the cool, jazzy tune that former guests, musicians, Catisse Buckingham and Ann Hodder made for us, shall we? Well, let's do that. Here we go. Get ready for another heap of fascinating things to know. From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No sales script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Pardon me. I'll have a Chardonnay, a marvelous date, it's hard to say. I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a must-have on the podcast. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. You can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a Cabernet. My buddy's the truth. You should study my man Juddy and learn something new. The great American experience is about so many things. Bluegrass and beaches, snow-covered peaks, and redwood forests, restaurant-loving cities, and big open skies. And now, 
Live from the 1440 KVON studios at Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Fingelstein. Thank you very much, Lauren Mole. I sure appreciate that fabulous introduction. It makes me feel like I want to explore a little more. Have you been feeling that? Have you been feeling like you want to get out and see the country? Is that what inspired this? Actually, it is. Great. But well, that that actually came from a, a Lonely Planet map of the USA that I have at my house. Well, that's what it sounded like. It sounds like a travel guide, something you would read to get you fired up to, to hit the road and see the country. Where would you go? Where, where would you like to see? Well, someday I'd like to see uh, Austin, Texas. Austin? What's there that you'd like to check out? Uh, the State Capitol Building. Okay. Yeah. I'd also like to see New York City, Ooh, Statue of Liberty. That's fun. And the NBC studios at Rockefeller Center. Sure. Go see a taping of something? Of the Tonight Show. All right. Yeah, maybe get my picture taken at uh, Jimmy Fallon's desk, but un- unless NBC security does not see me. <laughs> oh, I love it. You've got a plan. I do. That's cool. That's cool. Anything else happening with you? What's um, the latest? Well, had a nice Mother's Day. Yeah, what'd you do? Um, uh, well, we made, uh, we made waffles for breakfast on, on Sunday morning. Oh, that's great. I bet your mom was pleased. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. So what, what about you, Judd? Uh, Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day, the past couple of years has been a little different. We can't exactly plan a big mother-centric day. Our kids, they, they are in singing, and for the past few years, one of their big recitals has uh, has happened on Mother's Day. So we work around it. You know, uh, the kids and I made a nice... Nice big breakfast feast for my wife and the and the mother of uh, our children. That's one person, by the way. I'm not saying my wife and the mother of my. It's like it's the same person. Just so you know, you kind of gave me a look. My grammar, my poor poorly constructed sentence there. Uh, so we had a nice nice breakfast. Then went out to the singing recital, and then some friends invited us and my mother and my aunt over for a lovely little uh, barbecue, and we were able to celebrate with them. And you know, I'm going to I'm going to turn to our guest even though we haven't introduced him yet. So you, you we don't we don't we can keep you a mystery. How about that? But hey, mystery guest, you've got a very tight family unit. Unit. I know that family is important. You guys do a Mother's Day thing? Uh yes, actually, uh Judd. Um our Mother's Day started early, Saturday night. Oh, good. Uh, because we knew how crowded all the restaurants would be on Saturday, right. so we tried to avoid the crowd. And I was actually out of town Saturday, came back late Saturday night, and my kids took my wife out to dinner. The wife and the mother of your kids? And the mother of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> all of you went. That's nice. So we started Saturday. Night. Oh, good, good, good. I'm actually going to take my mother out today for lunch because um, even though we got to spend a little time and she came to the recital, I feel like I need to give her, you know, the Mother's Day. I want to check in with mom and sit down. It's, it's been a little while. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that. And Saturday night, I'll mention a big, big moment for our family. Holly, who is my wife and the mother of my children, our children inclusive, uh, had a big night. We were at the CHI gala that we talked about with Elba last week, benefiting Community Health Initiative Napa County, which ensures that all of our county residents have access to health care and health insurance. NapaCHI.org. Go check out that website, NapaCHI.org. But anywho, while we were there, Holly 
was recognized for her nine years of service on the board of directors for that organization. She was recognized by the California State Assembly with this beautiful proclamation of recognition for her community service. And then a very personal face-to-face, I mean, in front of a couple hundred people, but um, thank you from Congressman Mike Thompson was there and brought her up and just gave this very lovely, heartfelt thank you speech to her and then presented her with a... um, What's it called? In the congressional record, when he, he made a speech on the floor of the U.S. Congress recognizing her work and gave her a copy of that. So it was really a meaningful evening for, for us. So we really kicked off, I guess, Mother's Day there with a little recognition of mom. Good for her. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah. My kid's mom, that is. And what else can I tell you? Briefly, briefly, uh, for fun, come to Judd's Hill Winery, May 20th. That is a Sunday. It's coming up. In fact, it's next Sunday from noon to 2.30 p.m. for our annual uh, springtime bonanza. I'm getting ahead of myself. I was going to say who it's benefiting. This is our annual springtime bonanza benefiting Napa Valley Youth Symphony. And if you're a member of our Judd's Hill Wine Club, it's free to attend. And if you're not a member of the Judd's Hill Wine Club, you really should be. I am totally unbiased in this viewpoint, but it's the best wine club there is in town. And we have so many local members that, uh, that I'm honored because folks know the wine is good and we will show you a good time. And these events that we, we have a few a year do benefit local organizations. This year's Napa, or this time around is Napa Valley Youth Symphony. And information on that can be found at judshill.com. Uh, click on events, and you can also click on Wine Club and join the Wine Club there. Wine, events, invitations, good times. You can also RSVP because we do need to know if you're coming. And that is 707-255-2332, extension 3. Talk to our lovely Wine Club director, Michelle. And that's the winery phone number, 707-255-2332, extension 3. And uh, hope to see you there at the Springtime Bonanza now. Let us introduce our mystery guest today. I'm excited for a spirited conversation. This man with the splendid bar cart has some spirited wisdom to impart. He owns the distillery and brought his alcoholic artillery, our friend, Mr. Hartunian, Arthur, not Art. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur Hartunian, welcome back. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, man, like it's it, it's great to see you. You've, you've been on before. You've joined us as a guest, as you are now, and you joined us a while back for our 100th episode Bonanza of Entertainment and uh, supplied some um, well, some some spirits, some holiday I cheer I around. Very well. That yeah. was great. Yeah. So much fun. So I wanted to have you back because, you know, a lot has happened with you in the distillery since... It's probably been a couple of years since you sat down. We really had a nice, mm-hmm. d- nice discussion. So let's talk. We don't need to get too much into your background, but maybe briefly, just to bring folks up to speed, you are the owner of Napa Valley Distillery. You got into this business. It sounds like, if I remember the story, there was a, a wager involved. That's right. Can you yeah. briefly, can you tell us that story and then we'll, they'll move along? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it started in Central California, where um, I was living there with my family at the, at the time. Yeah, uh, this was before we started as a business. But I used to make liqueurs at home mm-hmm. for years, and I was part of a poker game called Thursday Nights, and it was at a um, Italian restaurant owned by my friend and chef Pino Borelli. I love it. We would uh, have a, a great Italian meal, and afterwards we would play poker till well into the 
wee little hours of the morning. During the poker game, Pino would bring out some Italian liqueurs and sabuca and limoncello <laughs> and amaros and things like that. Yeah. We would all enjoy it. And one day I decided to say, I can make a better limoncello than the one we're tasting now. And uh, You said this out loud at a poker game. Yes. With, oh, at an Italian restaurant. At an Italian restaurant. With an Italian with owner. Italians, which yeah. could be like a slap in the face. It, it was, uh, it, it got a little scary for a second. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if, after two or three limoncellos, uh, it, it, there's kind of no stopping you. <laughs> okay, so so you make this claim. So I made the claim, and uh, Pino took it very personal, but we made a bet that if I made a better limoncello than the Italian versions that we were tasting, uh, he would carry it at the restaurant. And I went back home and I made my version of limoncello made with California organic Meyer lemons, Mm -hmm. which is very different than the traditional Italian classic. Uh, The flavor profile is more fruity than lemony. And I took it back some time later. And everybody loved it. Even Pino's dad loved it. And Pino <laughs> was forced to carry it at the restaurant, even forced. though I didn't have the license to sell it to him technically at that time. Uh, I decided to pursue my passion and uh, get licensed and start doing it legally. And, and that's here how we it started. are. Yeah. Here we are. Now you are in Napa Valley. Yeah. And you, you began this business, Napa Valley Distillery. Remind me what, what year it's been. Uh, we got our licenses, both federal and state, uh, August of 2009. 2009. So coming up on the 10-year anniversary. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. very exciting. And things have been going well. You've really, I mean, I think last time you were here, you hadn't opened the new facility yet. Right. We were in the original location. Uh, we had just opened the Oxbow store. So I think it was late 2013, early 2014. It was a holiday. When you were last year. Yeah. 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 So most people probably know you from your Oxbow location. Right. If you go to Oxbow Public Market, there it is, Napa Valley Distillery. Mm -hmm. You have this beautiful display of, um, you know, bottles of your spirits. Like the biggest bitters selection I've seen anywhere that I've ever been. And I go to a lot of places that carry bitters. (laughs) It's pretty incredible. And you've got the opportunity for folks to uh, taste all through everything, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But now you've opened up. At the actual distillery, mm-hmm. this amazing and gorgeous kind of Hollywood speakeasy tasting salon. Let's talk about that. Yeah, That's really exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, the salon is, art, I like to call it a cocktail. It's uh, one part tiki, uh, one part art deco, and one part prohibition, and uh, uh, one part fun. Um, well, I think it's all parts fun. Well, we really enjoy hosting people. At least for, it's a as, a, room. as a guest, I can say I've... Nope, can't remember a time where I didn't have fun in there. Yep. <laughs> well, we love hosting people there. It's a yeah. 1,300 square foot uh, tasting salon, and it's very kind of chic, art deco, tiki vibe going on. And uh, it's upstairs in our um, distillery where we actually manufacture everything. And this is our new location. New being, I mean, we moved in an, in 2015. Yeah. So uh, it's been uh, three years that we've been producing all our spirits in the new location. And we love it. It's uh, it's kind of hidden. It's a twelve thousand square foot warehouse. Uh, that's it's, kind of off the beaten path. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's yeah. not something you would just stumble upon no, driving yeah. around. Certainly not on the tourist path. No. Yeah. So it's uh, easy to access off the freeway, but it's just not a visible building. It, and that's kind of cool because we're in the spirits business, and it kind of goes with our prohibition kind yeah, of theme. Yeah, a little uh, hidden speakeasy. It's yeah. not hard to find. It's no. just. Not on the way to anywhere. Exactly. Like you can get off at First Street and within two turns you're there. Exactly. But uh, you wouldn't see it from, mm-hmm. from the road. You want to talk about the experience? Like 
what happens from the moment somebody arrives? Sure, yeah. Well, we are a distillery, but I like to say that we're a hospitality company first. There you go. Um, it's just, it's really, really important. So our guests, when they come visit us, they're coming to our home. And our doors are open, our arms are open wide, and uh, we like to think that we're pretty welcoming. And the experience really is an educational experience. Um, so people will come in, they'll check in downstairs in a, in a new room that we call the Blue Room, and there's a concierge there to greet you, and uh, we have some uh, bitters and some spirits and gift items downstairs. Mm-hmm. It's a mini gift shop. So you'll check in there as, uh, as, uh, as a group, and you can sample some some spirits and um, some non-alcoholic beverages downstairs while you wait for your tour to begin. And then one of the spirit guides will take you on a 10 or 15 minute, minute tour. Uh, it's a brief tour. You don't get really into the uh, nitty gritty and the, the technical or chemi- chemistry aspect of distilling mm-hmm. because we don't want to bore you. We just want to kind of teach you the basics and talk about the equipment and the way we age our spirits and that sort of thing. So it's a 10 or 15 minute cruise through the distillery and then you go upstairs to the uh, tasting salon where you're able to taste through six different spirits that we manufactured and bottled downstairs. And it's an educational tasting experience. We teach you how to properly taste the spirits. We talk about the difference between bourbon and brandy and cognac and brandy and scotch and whiskey. and uh, I mean, there's a variety of different spirits, obviously. So we, we talk about them. And again, it's an educational experience. It's an educational journey into the world of artisanal and small batch spirits educational and taste along which i always appreciate as well and when when you ascend that staircase because you start off in the actual distillery so you're there the barrels are around you the still is in front of you Uh, there might be some people bottling at the moment Mm -hmm. so you know it's a working distillery but when you ascend that staircase all of a sudden you're in this other world which is the the salon right yeah it's uh, nobody really expects a bar um, in a warehouse, but that's exactly what we built. And there's definitely a wow factor when you come up the stairs. It's, oh, yeah. it's just, nobody expects that kind of vibe in, in a warehouse. And uh, the way it's designed, it's, it's, it's on the second floor, but it kind of feels like you're in the basement of a speakeasy. So. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought of that, but you do feel hidden away. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So it is like this secret little luxury tasting yeah. salon. It's very cool. You guys have a little different approach to than any other distillery that I've been to. I've toured quite a few, and you've coined some phrases when you're taking the tour, such as booze yoga. Right. <laughs> do you want to talk about booze yoga, or do you want people to just show up and no, find out yeah, for themselves? No, I love talking about it. Booze yoga is it's really the method of tasting spirits. It's a breathing technique that allows you to taste the subtle nuances and layers of flavor that spirits have. I mean, you get to recognize the good and the bad flavor profiles of spirits. So it's a it's a way to taste spirits. And it's really a breathing technique that is not unlike a, a yoga technique. Okay. Okay. I mean, I've done it before, and it does make a huge mm-hmm. difference. When I first heard about booze yoga, though, I thought, now that's an exercise class <laughs> I can get behind. But it's not really. You don't actually yeah, no put the mats out. Uh, you don't have no. people in strange... Yeah, okay. No, we don't do that. We don't get yet. A, um, how about... This is something I think is pretty pretty awesome. You're always looking for a bit of that wow factor. And as you said, you know, hospitality is mm-hmm. key. And I couldn't agree more for just about any business you could possibly be in. You Absolutely. have to have a sense of the customer experience. Absolutely. You know, whether you are, quote unquote, a hospitality business or not. But even, a, you know, even a, a 
you know, someone who comes to fix the garage door has to keep in mind the customer Absolutely. experience. Mm-hmm. And something that you guys have, which I think is just so cool, you went out and found this beautiful, I don't know how old it is, is it 40 years old? This Cadillac limousine. <laughs> it is this powder blue limousine. Right. Yeah. And I think the license plate says, says something like, what, cream puff? Cream puff, right. It's a, <laughs> it's actually a, a 1996 Oh, it's a 96. Cadillac, okay, 20-year-old. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fleetwood. It's the last big body Cadillacs, and it's it's powder blue with blue interior. It's got 32,000 original miles on it. <laughs> and uh, we bought it from uh, this guy in Palm Springs. Yeah, where else do you find a powder blue <laughs> Cadillac limo? And it actually used to belong to uh, Pablo Escobar. What? No, but it does sound like a pretty good story. Huh? Yeah, no, I, that's, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't spread that rumor. <laughs> that's creepy. No, because okay. it's just it's a vintage Cadillac. Yeah, and it kind of from that era. It looks like something. It looks like something that uh, some kingpin or um, government official should be jibbering around. Yeah, uh, because it actually did belong to a ambassador, but we don't know who. We don't yet know yet, but it did. Uh, chauffeur around a uh, ambassador or government official of some country, because it has the 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 emblems of of uh, federal right on the side. So it at some point right, and the configuration inside it has like what yeah, is it, it's like, not li- really a limousine. It's a limousine, but not a limousine in the sense of you know there's a there isn't a bar or a TV or a refrigerator. It's more of a passenger limousine. So you would see it if, uh, in a kind of a, a government. Uh, parade. Well, I'll tell you, I had quite the thrill. You know, last year you were kind enough to host a group of school dads. Uh-huh. We were out uh-huh. for the evening and we were going to have dinner. Then we were going to go to see a concert at the uh, the Uptown. Right. And I said to the gang, why don't we start at Napa Valley Distillery? And everybody was great. Let's do it. A lot of them had never been there and certainly got the wow factor. I hope several have returned or sent folks. Mm-hmm. When we got done with the tasting, uh, most everyone dispersed to go to dinner and I think I stayed behind to maybe help you clear some glasses or whatever. And as you and I were walking out, I think you said something like, hey, uh, you <laughs> want to take right. the limo? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a trick question? <laughs> of course I want to take the limo. And it was so cool because, you know, you're driving and you, I was going to get in and, you know, sit up front with you. And you said, no, no, no. Yeah, you have get to in have the whole experience. You're, you're the uh, ambassador for the day. Get in the back. <laughs> and then I didn't know this uh, about you or, or, or maybe I did, but... But it, it certainly became evident. You formerly did drive a limo. I did in Las yeah. Vegas, in Las Vegas, and in Los Angeles. Yeah. And you, well, yeah, and you knew exactly what the show was because yeah. you drove up to that restaurant, and all the guys were sitting outside, and you got into this little space. That I didn't think we were going to get into, but you said, <laughs> "No, no, no, we got to make the show." You pull up right up to the patio next to everybody. You got out. You came around. You opened the door for me, and I came out. You know, waving. And <laughs> well, it's the customer experience. It made quite an impression. <laughs> and then afterwards, then a few guys were like, "We want to ride too." And you took us to the uptown, and you mm-hmm. pulled the same maneuver. You pulled right up front, of course, where there's normally no parking. You're like, "Don't worry about it." I used to drive in Las Vegas and Hollywood. <laughs> I can get away with it. You then did repark, which was very considerate of you. But yes, to pull right up, you got out. You opened the door. Man, all the heads turned. I've never felt so important in my life. <laughs> so I would encourage, this is just, I'm saying this only to put the idea in folks' heads that mm-hmm. uh, if they would like to visit Napa Valley Distillery, they can arrange to be picked up locally, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, complimentary for so parties of six that. or more. Uh, we'll be happy to come and pick your party up from 
a local hotel or residence in Napa. Um, and we'll go as far as Yountville. So we can come pick you up. You can do the, the tour, the tasting, enjoy, and not have to worry about driving back. And uh, the, as you know, it's a, it's a big-body Cadillac, so it's got a huge trunk for all the spirits that we anticipate you'll take home with you. <laughs> I love um, so, yeah, it's complimentary. And if you'd like to schedule that, I, I imagine all the contact information is at NapaDistillery.com. That's correct, right. Or they can call us. Give the number. 265-6272. Okay, that sounds good. You know what? It's a couple of minutes early, but this seems like a natural place. Let's take the break now, and then we can just... Sure thing. Continue on for a little while. This is Arthur Hartunian, proprietor of Napa Valley Distillery. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. At 1440 on your AM dial in Northern California and streaming live around the world at KVON.com, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Lauren, you got a big smile out of Arthur here with that Finkel Fun line. That was a good one. He's ready for some Finkel Fun. You need to trademark that if you haven't. (laughs) Okay, I'll call my lawyer. It's Arthur Hartunian, proprietor of Napa Valley Distillery, joining us this morning on Judd's Napa Valley Show for some spirited conversation. Okay, let's talk. You know, we've talked about the great new tasting salon at the distillery. We talked about customer experience. Let's talk about the booze, the proofs in the pudding, as they say. You've recently purchased and taken delivery of this gorgeous, is it copper? Is it, uh, it has copper parts, but copper, it's mostly stainless steel. Stainless steel, yeah. it's, it's shiny. That's mm-hmm. all I know. I don't know nothing. It's a shiny, beautiful still that you went to Holland and actually, did you put out the specs kind of like build it did you select it how did that work but i know you had to go out of the country to right get a yeah. new still uh it was uh it's it's from a company called the i still and it is the i it is this the this the iphone of of stills it's very <laughs> uh technologically advanced oh it's extremely efficient and uh it's great in that it gives the distiller complete control over the distilling process, the manufacturing process, the cuts, the most important part. So it allows us the ability to create truly flavorful spirits, and the those flavors uh, are in our hands. The cuts and the, the whole process of distillation are more in our hands than the equipment's hands. And cuts means the... Uh, cuts well, means the transition that. between the different alcohols that um, are distilled. The heads, um, the, the tails. Heads, the tails. I hear this, the, but what does that mean? Without getting too technical, what sure, does that so mean? Sure, so the first part of the uh, alcohols that come out are the... Uh, the and, oh, I'm going to stop you uh, just a sec. Let's back all the way up. What is in the still mm-hmm. that is being heated up and vaporized, and then we get to what's coming out? Correct. So let's let's start there. Give me give mm-hmm. us kind of the layperson's process, and then let's sure. talk about so the So let's say we're making brandy. Yeah. If we're making brandy, we're distilling wine. And mm-hmm. so let's say we have some wine in the still at about 13% alcohol by volume. We are, the distilling is the act of extracting the alcohols that are safe to consume from that wine. Okay. When you distill it, there are types of alcohol that come off the still and they come off at different temperatures. The first type of alcohols are called the four shots, which is really poison. You don't want any of the four shots. So we discard all the four shots. 
Then at a little bit higher temperature come the heads. And the heads are... I should, I should also mention that when you're drinking the wine, they are not in poison form. They're not in poison no, form. No, they're not. They're this is something that happens chemical, when it's cooked. There's a chemical reaction. That's right. Correct, so yeah. please keep drinking yeah, wine, there, folks. There, there's, there's no poison there's in no there. There's no poison when you're drinking the wine. In, Just in don't cook it at home. State. When okay. you start cooking it, there are chemical reactions that create these poisons. Right. You can cook with wine. That's correct. But don't collect the vapor and drink it. That's correct. Okay. Not, not a good idea. I had to make that disclaimer. Please. So, the, as I said, the, the uh, next uh, type of alcohols that come out are called the heads, and those are filled with uh, alcohols like acetone. Kind of a, it'll smell like nail polish remover yeah. because it actually is. Not such good stuff. Not such good stuff, but some of the end of the heads are actually flavorful, and some whiskey makers do like to include some of those head cuts in their final product. Okay. Uh, then comes the filet mignon, the, mm. the, the uh, hearts. That is the um, ethanol. That is consumable. Um, we want to get every last drop of that. So after, and that comes off the still right around 175 degrees Fahrenheit. Then come the tails, and the tails actually have a, a lot of flavor. And those start boiling out right around just under 200 degrees. And the tails have a lot of flavor and a lot of oils. And if you're making brandy or cognac, you really want a lot of those oils mm. and a lot of those flavors because you're planning on resting the brandy for a long, long period of time. And those flavors really do mature and soften over time. Oh, I see. And then comes what's left is the water because <laughs> you've extracted all the alcohols, which we don't dis- distill. We, we dump that. It's just... No water. It's it's wine with no alcohol. Yeah, that doesn't sound and so great. cooked, so it's not very tasty. <laughs> All right, so you've got this gorgeous new technologically advanced mm-hmm. still. And distilling, I mean, it's an ancient process, so it's, it's, yeah, it's incredible like that there's still years. new technologies uh, being introduced to the process. Yeah, th- what's great about this still is that it, it there's a computer that allows you to keep track of all your different cuts because each spirit that we make requires different cuts. And uh, I mean, a, a vodka cut, a vodka run might have different cuts than a brandy cut. So it'll, it, the, the computer allows us to remember those cuts and replicate those cuts from a touch of a button. Amazing. And it's an electric still. So it's kind of like a, it's plug and play. It's kind of like a coffee machine. <laughs> really? So we can, uh, we can program it to where it turns on, say around 5 a.m. in the morning and starts heating up because it takes about an hour and a half to heat. Mm. And we get to work right around 7.30 or so. So by the time we come to work, it's already heated, ready to go. We can start making the cuts. So it's, it's very efficient. It allows us to have a more than full day's work without having to be there. And because it's, it's electric, there's no, there's no direct fire. There's no fire hazard. That's great because, as we all know, that's one of the greatest dangers of distilling. That's why it's not a good idea to set one up in your kitchen or your backyard because Absolutely, alcohol yeah, vapor is extremely flammable, flammable. combustible, mm-hmm. explosions, fires, bad stuff. Bad stuff. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to see the first run coming out of this new That's right, still. Yeah. I remember there's a big buildup. You had gone to Holland. The thing got delivered. Uh-huh. You had the setup. And I happened to come in and... I was astounded, and I, I hope that everybody listening who's at all interested in how uh, spirits are made, I, I hope they have a chance to see this. I don't know if you encourage people to come on distilling days or oh, to absolutely. see what's going on. Absolutely. Our doors are always open. You should see this because it's this 
big contraption, the still, there's volumes and volumes of liquid being distilled. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it, was, it was a disconnect in my brain because I was watching you guys with this small bucket with this tiny little spout coming off the <laughs> still of all this huge contraption and machinery at work with this little right. tiny little trickle yeah. coming out. But that was it. Right, right. This is when they say craft distilling. And you see that, you get it. Like, yes, this is craft distilling. This is a tiny amount of liquid yeah, coming out of here. It a lot of wine to make a little bit of brandy and, and a lot of effort. It's amazing. Right. And then I start understanding, you know, the economics and why, you know, mm-hmm. a very good bottle of brandy, cognac, your beautiful spirits, you know, why it's not, you know, bottom shelf stuff. It's top shelf stuff. And you're going to pay a Thank little you. premium for Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, distilling is just one step in the journey of, of spirits making. Uh, the spirits that we distill go into barrel for years. So, um, you know, they evolve, and some of the things that we make take years to make. It's not just the distilling part. It's the aging, which I actually enjoy a little more, the aging and the blending. I think it's really fun to infuse flavors and and, uh, introduce uh, barrels of uh, of wine or use barrels of wine to spirits. I think it's 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 an exploration, and I think that's what craft and— uh, artisanal anything is about. It's about experimentation and exploring flavors. You become very well known for your barrel-aged cocktails. We have, you actually yeah, make up yeah. these big batches yeah. of mixed drinks. Yeah, we make a Put them back in cocktail. the barrel. Right. Mm-hmm. We make a giant cocktail or a Mai Tai or a Manhattan. And um, we either put back in the barrel or we add oak chips to it. To Again, we don't want to age it we want to flavor it and yeah. to me aging is uh, winter spring summer fall you need a full year to age something yeah. anything under that is 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 flavoring and that's okay but you know sometimes in something like a manhattan we're we're really just looking for uh, some subtle oak and vanilla flavors mm-hmm. and that can be accomplished with really high quality oak chips resting in the in the tank for a little while just for a bit yeah Interesting. Well, you are Mr. Infuser and that's how you started <laughs> with the limoncello. Yeah. I was in there probably a couple of years ago at this point, and it was the day where you were peeling the lemons. Yeah. I don't know how many pounds of lemon, but there were, I think, three people sitting at a table, something like that, maybe four, I don't know. You could tell me. It doesn't, that's beside the point, but people were hand-peeling. Right. How many hundreds of pounds of lemons? A uh, little over 2,000 pounds. Oh, a ton. A ton, yeah. a ton yeah, of we, lemons. We get them in these huge, huge cartons that... Um, uh, yeah, it's all it's, hand peeled. All hand peeled. They must be hand peeled because it, it's a tedious process peeling a lemon because there is something on the backside of the lemon peel that's this white kind of soapy substance. It's called pith. Right. P i t h. It's bitter. Pith is bitter, and we don't want to infuse any of that. So we have to peel a lemon by hand, turn the peel around, and then scrape off all that pith. Oh my gosh! Before we infuse, because all we want is the essence. Of the lemon, and that's trapped on those in, on the tiny round dots on a lemon or any citrus that holds the essence, and that's what we're after. It was amazing. Another, you have to pardon me. It's allergy season here. Every time I about to say something, I feel like I'm about to sneeze. So pardon me. Mm-hmm. Maybe Lauren, do you want to take over for a moment? I'll go get a I'll go get a Kleenex. You want to talk to him for a second? <laughs> here, I'll be right back, folks. Lauren, you're on. You can stay right there. Sorry. 
Go ahead. Okay, so uh, so what's the latest at the uh, at the distillery lately? Uh, you've been inviting visitors over lately. Absolutely, Lauren. We have a we have a ton of new things, uh, from experiences to new products. We have our uh, quarterly uh, bar club party in June, June twenty third. It starts at eleven a.m. and we have a fabulous Hawaiian band, the uh, Maikai Gents, performing. Ah. to give that uh, Hawaiian and island vibe music throughout the distillery. I like we'll, that. We'll have tacos. It's it's our kind of annual tiki night, tiki in Napa. Right on. Um, and, but it's not a night. It starts at 11 a.m. because we anticipate it's going to be quite warm in June. Oh. So it'll be from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So our bar club members are invited to come down for some cocktails, awesome Hawaiian music, uh, tacos, and fun. Right on. That's on June 23rd. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that, gang. Uh, allergy season, so I hope you had a nice little chat. And uh, mm-hmm. any, what did I miss? Anything? Are we, are we cool? Uh, yeah, well, we, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. I'll move on. <laughs> I think what I was about to say is the hand peeling of the lemon peel yeah. is just more evidence of, of the, the care that you take and the, the intimacy with which mm-hmm. you <laughs> create your spirits it's it's delicious well, it's stuff a, it's a it's a struggle it's an art form and i don't want to sound kooky but it's you almost have to struggle to get the best results you know i think there's something you know the french have a saying i don't speak french but uh, it's something to go along with well, thanks go along with uh with wine making you know mm-hmm. make the make the vines suffer right you know the more they right. suffer the right. better the wine yeah gets so i i can see that um, do you see any trends going on? I mean, you, you've, you've been in this a little while yeah. now. Like, what, yeah. what has come? What's gone? What's now? What's, what's coming up? You know, what I've been noticed a lot, noticing a lot are bottled cocktails or mixed cocktails in a can. Oh, you've been ahead uh, of that curve Yeah, for a while. we've been doing that for like six years now. And I'm noticing that some of the larger brands are making cocktails in cans and bottles and, and distributing it. So, I, I mean, I... Don't know if the quality is the same as a small batch artisanal, but I've also seen some uh, craft distillers doing it, and I have no doubt that, that some of their products are really good. I haven't tried any of them. I really should just to see what's happening, but you guys do something that I think is really great. It's not necessarily a – well, you do make bottled cocktails. We do. Which yeah. is – I have had those, and as we just talked about, the quality is definitely there. But you also do something for your club members where you mm-hmm. send them – you know, your spirits, because mm-hmm. that's what they get when they join your club. Mm-hmm. But you also send along the ingredients, you know, mm-hmm. the type of bitters and whatever else you can tell me. But in the sure. box, they get the ingredients and the instructions mm-hmm. to create a great cocktails. cocktails. Yeah, it's it, every quarter, and there's four shipments a year, every quarter is a different theme. So you're going to get two or three different spirits every every quarter, and then you're going to get bitters, mixers, Syrups, tinctures, and that sort of thing to make a variety of cocktails using all of those ingredients. And we provide cocktail recipe cards. And there's a newsletter that talks about the, how we made the uh, contents of the, bo- uh, of the box mm-hmm. and the, some of the history of the contents of your shipment. So, it's an, again, it's, it's an educational experience. It's not just about drinking. It's about uh, understanding, knowing, learning, sharing I love it. Spirits. It's it's a social aspect of drink, which to me is is the most fun and interesting part of enjoying. Me too. And that's my approach to wine. I try to Mm -hmm. take it a little bit off the pedestal. Sure, it's a great thing. We all enjoy it. But let's bring it down to our level. Let's make it accessible. Let's have fun with it. Let's enjoy it. Absolutely. And this approach with you sending the ingredients and the tools and Mm -hmm. the recipe cards, 
you know, takes that intimidation factor out of anybody who might like to have a nice drink or invite some people Absolutely. over for cocktails, but not yeah. exactly sure what to do. But boom, mm-hmm. there it is. You've made it easy. You've brought a little something. I did, yeah. Is I this something we something? can... We can certainly taste if you'd like, or we can uh, <laughs> at the very least Are you smell, kidding? Uh, because it smells beautiful. It's, um, it's the first in our new series of spirits that we call table spirits. Uh, table and, spirits. Right. So it's, it's kind of like table wine. Okay. Uh, a, you know, a, a table wine is a wine that goes pretty good with food. It's a, it's a food wine. It, it's not meant for any specific food, but it should blend well with or pair well with most foods. Yeah. Table wine also has a, has a lower alcohol, 14 or less or under 14. Right. right. Is this a lower alcohol or not particularly? No, we missed No. It. Okay. But it goes well on a table. <laughs> I got goes, you. It goes great on a table. It's meant to be enjoyed with foods. Great. And these are, uh, uh, the base alcohol is a uh, neutral brandy, mm-hmm. and it's flavored with different botanicals and herbs. For instance, the one that we're going to open today is a sweet basil, Ooh! and it was infused with uh, a sweet basil absolute as well as organic sweet basil. So it's both the oils as well as the leaf itself. Uh, okay, as the layperson, when you say sweet basil absolute, mm-hmm. that makes me think of a vodka brand. Uh, right. But you're so not talking a, about that. I'm talking about the essential oil Thank you. of the okay. um, of the sweet basil. It would be strange if you were like taking their vodka, pouring it in your bottle yeah, and selling be, it. That's uh, not what you're that doing. Would, yeah, you're would. talking about the essence of basil. Right, correct. Okay. The, the the essence is the oils of the uh, of the basil. Okay. And so well, it has a very slight green color, very very slight, and that color comes naturally from the the leaves of the basil. Yeah, it's and, it's pretty much clear and translucent, but you're right, there's a there is a tinge. Very tinge, right. Again, our table spirits are meant to be enjoyed with food. Um, my ethnicity is Armenian mm-hmm. and um, we rarely eat anything without a little bit of drink huh. and rarely drink a little bit without a little bit of food. This is why I so. like hanging out at your house. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, again, the, the table spirits are meant to be enjoyed on the table, and this is the first flavor, and we'll have other flavors like, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but all natural flavors, ginger, mm. tarragon, shiso, and lemongrass, things like that, that are herbal, umami flavors. Yeah. We'll have some fruit flavors, but they're really made to enhance the flavor of the uh, ingredient, the base ingredient. Great. So I'm going to so, pop this open. Right. Maybe I, we can get a... There it is. Okay. Look at that. Broke the seal on that. Beautiful nose to it. And I'll pass this around. Kind of like the host of this show. (laughs) All right. Let's see. Napa Valley Distillery Sweet Basil Flavored Brandy. You know, we don't have any proper uh, cups here, do we? Well, I'm going to put this up to my nose. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Even through my allergies, I can uh, get that gorgeous basil aroma. Yeah, it's very green. It's almost got a uh, kind of a licorice finish to it. Right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the, the cap of this uh, coffee here yeah, that perfect. I was working on earlier. Improvisation. So it might take on a touch of the coffee. Let's see. And that might actually pair pretty well. Sweet basil with coffee. Ooh. That's really nice. It's mm-hmm. not, um, you know, somehow I expected it to be uh, more liqueur-like, but mm-hmm. no, it's a dry, lovely, yeah. herbal infused uh, brandy. It's yeah, delicious. It's, it's really meant to enhance the flavor of the, the botanical that we use, and in this case, the sweet basil. We wanted just the expression of sweet basil. And it's great on the rocks. It's great with, 
you know, chilled room temperature, just sip while you enjoy uh, something like a, 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 a faux soup. I think it would go great oh, with soup. Oh, absolutely. Um, Very um, herbal kind of spices right, in that right. soup. And you have basil nice. in the faux soup, yeah. so this would be a great way to, you know, kind of enhance uh, the flavors. Great. But it also makes a great basil martini. It just, I mean, you can mix mm. with it. You can add it to other spirits. So it's very versatile, even though it's a single varietal flavor. Something that folks can taste if they come by? Absolutely. They can taste this at the Oxbow and at the distillery. Location. Great. Great. Well, as you said, you're always concerned about the customer experience. So Judd's Napa Valley oh. Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. There it was, the cornucopia of Finkel fun. We always want to have a cornucopia, a bounty and uh, of, of delicious spirits and food we talk about and art and creativity. That's the cornucopia. Uh, thank you, Lauren Mole, for reminding me about that. What I was getting to, though, is that with your dedication to customer experience, mm-hmm. we're going to play a little game that's going to shed a spotlight on that. Okay. It's time to play Real Review Roulette here on Judd's Napa Valley Show with Arthur Hartunian, proprietor of Napa Valley Distillery. The rules are simple. All you have to do is listen to these real Yelp reviews that Lauren Mole is about to read. Your choices are that they may come from one of two spots, either Napa Valley Distillery, your mm-hmm. establishment, or the Bacardi Distillery Tour in Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. These are two distilleries that I have personally visited. Mm-hmm. I've looked online. I selected some real Yelp reviews, <laughs> and you are now to distinguish which one is for Napa Valley Distillery. Which one okay. is for the Bacardi Distillery in Puerto Rico, uh, the tour that they give? Are we ready? Uh, Lauren Mole, would you please read review number one? I've been on several brewery and distillery tours, and never have I walked away thinking I wasted my time till I did this one. What do you think? Is that Napa Valley Distillery? <laughs> I can't imagine that we would uh, provide such a horrible customer experience. So what what is your guess? I would say, uh, I know it's not ours. Um, I I guess my next choice. There's only two choices. uh, It would have to be Bacardi. That's correct. Well done. Okay, you're one for one. (laughs) Lauren Mole, review number two, please. After that, we just walked away and left. We didn't even feel like getting another drink, which we wanted. But we were so sad about the tour, we couldn't stay there anymore. What do you think? Someone leaving a distillery tour sad, so sad and disappointed that they wouldn't even stay for another drink. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Um, that's, that's awful. I feel bad for that uh, guest. Um, I, 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 I can't imagine that we would... So you're saying the other place. I would have to say the other place. That is correct. That was not Napa Valley <laughs> Distillery. Lauren Mall, how about number three? I've been to many distillery tours for bourbon, rum, whiskey, etc. Typically, these serve as a guest experience to generate goodwill and passion for the brand. This one, however, had the opposite effect. The tour was overpriced and underwhelming, which is also a fitting descriptor of their rums. Well, maybe a little clue there at the yeah, end. Yeah, give me a big clue at the end. Although you um, make rum, too. We do. We do make so, rum. Um, what do you think? Definitely Bacardi. Okay, you're three for three. Lormol, number four. I highly recommend this, particularly for those who, like myself, 
who haven't properly appreciated hard alcohol's flavor and nuisance. The staff is and, and what? And nuisance. Huh? I'm sorry, Judd. I can't say this <laughs> word. <laughs> Maybe I typed it up wrong. I think. Nuances. Oh, nuances. Yeah, nuances. I don't think I put the I'm accent so there. There it is. There yeah, you go. Hold on. Let, it can't be a nuisance. Yeah, hang on. Let, <laughs> yeah, there's no nuisance. Hang on. I, I must have screwed up. I'm going to have to try this again. That's all right. You take it, as Lauren Mole would say, take your time, Lauren. Okay. I highly recommend this, particularly for those who, like myself, who haven't properly appreciated hard alcohol flavor and nuisance. Nuances. Nuances. <laughs> I, I just can't say it. That's okay, but now we know. Now we know the, where the landmines are. The, the, okay. sta- the, the staff is extremely knowledgeable and interested in educating the public on how to best appreciate hard alcohol and cocktails. They have an impressive variety and offer some old favorites as well as fresh adaptations. What do you think? Well, sounds like a cool place to visit. Well, I can proudly say I'm, I'm, I'm certain that's ours. Um, That's right. Four for four, (laughs) Arthur Hartunian. You have one real roulette review. Review, I don't even know what it's called. Nuances. (laughs) Tell him what he's won, Lauren Mole. A trip to Reno, Nevada. And what else? A new Pal V flying car. And a year's supply of Oreo cookies. All right. Congratulations, Arthur Hartunian. You're a winner here, and you also get this box of donuts. Usually I ask you if you go nuts for donuts, but you've been on this show a couple times. Oh, yeah, I definitely am nuts for donuts. So I know you you. like your donuts. I'd like you to take a look, though, at those donuts in in about uh, a minute. Okay. Tell us which one you would like to consume with this sweet basil. No, I don't mean like in a minute from now, like within the next minute. Yeah, go ahead, open this up. What do you think? There's a selection. We've got some we pink a sprinkles, water. a uh, sugary nub, the, the, the chocolate raised. Looks like one is a maple something. With chopped bacon all over chopped it. Chopped bacon. Oh, chopped bacon, basil. Um, oh, definitely that. I think that might be pretty Chopped good. bacon? Chopped bacon, yeah. Chopped With maple. Bacon. With maple. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think it's, I mean, you're, you're blending three totally different uh, flavors together and uh, contrast, I think, is fantastic when it comes to blending. So I, I think uh, I think it's either going to be fantastic or it's going to be uh, <laughs> awful. Well, only we one way try. to find that's, out. That's the only way to try. And we'll find out off the air. But Arthur Hartunian, proprietor of Napa Valley Distillery, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank Always you, a pleasure Jim. to be here. Thank Always you, a pleasure to... Uh, consume your delicious liquor as well. Thank you for being a fan. We appreciate it. And for more information, NapaDistillery.com. Yep. Cheers. This, this is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.